Yeah, we've put enough windows in the house for them to have different views. <laughs> as long as she does it with respect, because there are times she can come with so much force, you're like, hey, my friend, when you go to is like, hey, pole pole. <laughs> because it's true, I hurt her feelings, and it's good to, for her to know that I'm not perfect. For me, I say sorry so that I show her that I'm not a perfect mom. I make mistakes. <laughs> I have allowed or created a space for my children to have different views and disagree and be comfortable to air out their opinions. Um. Yeah, we've put enough windows in the house for them to have different views. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, yes. Um, I somewhat agree because I think we've, 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 put, we've put measures for them to be able to say what their opinions are. And I think ultimately the reason why we somewhat agree is because at the end of the day, we will have to make the first call. Yes. And I think um, when I think about how we were brought up, it's not the way we are bringing up our children. So our children, uh, we didn't have like a voice, but now there's a children. If you say no, you have to explain why and they want to understand. So yeah, I somewhat agree. For me, I agree. We have <laughs> given our daughter the place to come and just say, as long as she does it with respect. Because there are times she can come with so much force, you're like, hey, my friend, when you go to Anani, he's like, hey, pole pole. <laughs> but at least, I know. <laughs> but I think the good thing is, at least she knows that she can come and say, and, and she's safe. Yeah. We, we have taught her and still are doing so to ask why. Yes. To, to question things mm. not because you don't want to do it but because you understand mm. so it's not unusual to even give her direction go brush your teeth and she'll ask you why <laughs> you know, sometimes it, it rubs you off the wrong way but yes. you remember that you have taught her to do that mm. because if she brushes her teeth simply because we tell her then it has no value but when I show her some of my teeth and I tell her that's why yeah, I'm telling you to brush your teeth yeah. She goes quickly because she doesn't want her teeth looking like mine. <laughs> yeah. So what are you saying? You want to go to the dentist? <laughs> you wish you had listened to your parents. <laughs> yes, yes. I wish I, I wish I had, you know. That's true. Instead of swallowing the toothpaste, yeah. You know? <laughs> I know. As, as with every parenting um, issue or element, there's a balance. Mm. There needs to be balance. Mm. And so with giving our children space to express themselves, we also have to sort of uh, give them the, the boundaries by which that expression should be put. Otherwise, they'll, uh, they will abuse that or they will end up in trouble because they are expressing themselves, yes, but the context, they have not understood the context, they have not understood with whom they're expressing themselves that way. Um, and so there's a balance that we need to sort of have. Um, and then also once you express yourself, then we are able to, you know, discuss about whether this expression has a space, has a f foundation, 
is it a truth or is it a myth is it is it uh, respectful or is it not respectful so i mean and we are all trying to to do it better our parents didn't give us a space to voice our opinions it was their way or the highway yes um and so we are trying to do it differently and usually the default for every parent is to do it the way your parents did it yeah and so it's it we are working against the grain every day when we're just hearing that's my mother speaking mm. we know okay i need to go back and just be what does my child need yeah. a parent who's listening who gives them space to yeah. express themselves so that from there i can instruct them yes but i think even as we do that we need to be careful because when they step out of those uh, four walls of our homes they will not find people who want to you know hear the expression always uh, the law is the law mm. um, and so they need to also understand that sometimes putting the straight line is to help you realize that there are places where you will go uh, be it in the workspace be it in the community that your voice is not needed to be heard and yeah. if you start raising your voice you just end up in trouble mm. and you've seen young people who have never been able to you know understand that there are parameters mm. go out there and raise their voice and end up in more trouble than they ever expected because here you are my yeah and it's just a, a matter of knowing what is appropriate for what context yes like in the home yes you can express your mind your thoughts and we will we will filter it together yeah. but where you have no filters in the real world it might not work you might express yourself inappropriately when you're going for a job interview and you lose that opportunity because of just lacking that uh, no understanding what to express yourself how and when so that's the work of our, of parents to help them to to know how to use filters you know what's the appropriateness how do you address so and so how do you address this person and and you know yeah that's that's what parents do let's step on some toes i find it difficult to apologize to my children when i'm wrong hey. strongly agree <laughs> strongly disagree oh, strongly disagree strongly agree oh we are here you Fine. agree Fine. agree Fine. Yeah, i apologize so i disagree <laughs> uh, I hey, these guys have humbled themselves and i know they should, they should be here I agree uh, <laughs> i what, think what? it's yeah okay go ahead but one of the things I have, I purpose to do long ago was I would be a parent who says I'm sorry. My father never, even in his grave, he never apologized, even in that other life. <laughs> and and I, I don't know, it, it spooked me off. So so I, I have raised her up to apologize to her. You know, even, even sometimes I remember once I gave an excessive beating you know, not excessive, it was unnecessary. You know, I should have, it was a kind of, you sit and talk instead of beating. And I remember I called her and, and, and took her out to a restaurant and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. You took her to a restaurant? And she, was, and, and she was six years of age. <laughs> I think I agree because it's not an, it's not an easy thing. And, uh, even when I've had to apologize, hey, you know, I I had to pull it all out there. It's like uh, what I'm trying to say uh, is 
what what happened should not have happened. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I think we I've, I've learned to walk very carefully and really weigh my words and actions just so that I don't get to that place of apologies. Where I have to apologize. I tell my principle in life is live your life in such a way that you don't have to make apologies. You know? <laughs> just uh, you just yeah, you just walk slowly. Yeah, so that you don't have to make apologies because it's very hard. Okay, for me, I find it very easy. Oh my goodness. And I think it's because the way my husband is saying, you find yourself out of anger. And especially mine, out of anger a lot. And then now the Holy Spirit comes to you. Dora, that was out of anger. So I'm going to okay, I'm sorry. So I find myself saying it a lot. Is Has it improved over the years? Yes. Now I'm not saying it as much, but when we were starting, it was a lot. But I find it okay. I find it so easy because I never got it from my mom. And for me, before she passed on, I expected her to apologize and she didn't. So I was like, okay, yeah, Mimi, it's a rule. Let me just apologize because it's true. I hurt her feelings and it's good to, for her to know that I'm not perfect. For me, I say sorry so that I show her that I'm not a perfect mom. I make mistakes. <laughs> yes. Somewhat agree because for me, it's neither here. I don't think I am the perfect apologizer yeah. <laughs> um, basically because as you have heard we are all very wounded and broken people um, coming from that background where parents just never said sorry mm. so it was never something that we saw modeled of parents saying sorry to their children even when they knew outrightly this I was unfair I was unjust I shouldn't have done that and so because we usually, our default is to parent. My default is to parent the way I was parented. I am very conscious that this is one thing that I'm not very good at. I do say sorry, but I'm not very good at it. I'm not as good as Dora. <laughs> but because I am self-aware that this is an area in my life that I didn't receive that affirmation that I'm sorry I did wrong, um, but yeah, I'm working on it. Working in progress. It's work in, work progress. in progress. Yes, it's work in progress. I think I should have been there now as we speak. <laughs> yeah, because uh, apologizing is not easy, but uh, it's work in progress. It's not easy to come up and just say, I'm sorry, even when you know that you have wronged them. Uh, but I always find a way of reaching out at the end of it all so that uh, they can also understand um, but I'm apologizing. Like, see, yeah. sorry. We cook you good food, just know we've apologized. Yes. Yeah. We take or you when out. we take you to KFC. Uh, we, you we take you to KFC. Oh. That's a serious apology. Yes. <laughs> you are apologizing indirectly. Yeah. Okay. In conclusion, I have done all that I can as a parent for my child to achieve more than I did. Yeah. I couldn't strongly agree. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yeah. We are waiting for claps. We are waiting for yeah. cheers it's, from it's there. Claps, applause, applause. It's, applause. A, it's, a, it's a work in applause, progress. Applause, applause, applause. Yeah, we all work. With whatever resources are available at any given time, you know, just trying to balance life, mm. not wanting to overparent, to overcompensate. Mm. It's just a day at a time. I, I have 
I have told my daughter that uh, you will have in life whatever God empowers me to provide. But I, I will my... not I will not go over and above to try and please you or make you look like other kids. Mm, you are not yeah. other kids, you yes. are my kid. <laughs> and you live in my space. You need to caveat. And, yes. and, and you live out of my wallet. Oh. Ah. And out of my faith. Do I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Oh, <laughs> I agree. And and when we talk about giving them everything and the best that we can give, for me it's not so much about the the material things. Um, I think the best thing I've given my children is a God-fearing mother and a God-fearing father. The best choice I made is giving them a father who, who is present <laughs> and who loves them unconditionally. That is something you cannot buy with anything. And so when I think, have I given them what I didn't have? Yes, I didn't have a present father. I didn't have a God-fearing father. I didn't have a loving father. And so the one thing I know I've given my children that I would, is, is having a father who is present and who's there and who loves them and who's willing to, and he's fully in participating in parenting. The other thing I think I've given my best, which I didn't get, is faith. Faith in God. That one which we cannot equate in money, nothing can, um, can, can equate with it. I've given them faith in God. Something which for me as a child, I had to look for myself. I left my parents dealing with hangovers on Sunday morning while I went to look for God in church. And for me, they didn't have to struggle to find God. I was there to teach them, to show them God, to introduce the word of God to them, something that will last beyond, way beyond past me. Yeah. So I feel like that's, I've given them what I didn't have. Presence is something I've, my wife and I have decided we will give presence. You know, I, I, I had, uh, not presence, presence. Presence, presence. Time. availability. <laughs> presence over presence. Hallelujah. Yes. I, I, I grew up with a military dad and we saw him maybe two, three times a year. Maybe for two, three days at a time. And and for me, it it, it influenced a lot the way I grew up. The, the longest I've been away is five days, I think. Yeah in these eight years of our daughter's life uh, and even those five days were hard for me yeah. you know and and as far as god enables presence is is part of parenting yes. as far as we are concerned yes yeah. yeah i think for me uh what i would say is uh and i've always told people this the best gift you can give your children is to love their mother mm -hmm. and vice versa, the best gift a mother can give to her children is to love their father. That's the first model we'll see of a family, of community, of unreserved love and care. Uh, even if you, I say, oh, I love my children, but their mama is mistreat. It, it's a lie. They yeah. will never understand how I can love the product of their mother yeah, and not true. love their mother. How can you love the product and not love the, mm. the producer? And so having to love their mother is the greatest gift I can give the children. 
And uh, finally, from me, uh, also just uh, I, I had this speech and it made me so much sense. Giving your children, putting in your children rather than putting on your children things. And so it's about what have we invested in the children, the faith, the heritage of righteousness, rather than giving to them uh, properties and things and investments. And I think it's Steve Harvey who was having a conversation with Jake and they were saying, you know what? If you invest on them, they will exhaust those investments. But if you invest in yeah. them, they will produce their own resources. Equipping God bless them. Mm -hmm. Equipping them in the right way. That's all. Thank you. Purpose. I believe that for one to live and not just exist, two things are needed. To purpose, to live, and to live on purpose. To purpose to live is to stop just existing and begin coexisting. To stop just breathing but be the breath of life. To stop coming to church to get a blessing but to be a blessing. To have a desire, a passion that births a vision and eventually a plan of action. Then what is to live on purpose? You see, it's not every day that you'll wake up and begin clapping your hands in jubilation. It's not every day that you'll turn the other cheek and be meek when that slap lands on your face in humiliation. It's not every day that you'll keep a low profile of yourself and avoid attracting unnecessary attention, especially when someone has wronged you. Why? What's the answer? You see, I think of one word, love. To love above what we have, grace, to be a shoulder to lean on in this Christian race, whether we feel like it or not. To live in order for us to make a giving, not to earn a living. Then how comes this verse in Matthew chapter 7 verse 5 comes alive in two words, you hypocrite. In other words, a dirty, filthy heap of crates in a corner. Question is, are we this filth and much more or are we much more than this filth? I would like to think the latter, but sorry. I can't take molded bread and smear it with fresh butter because old wineskins cannot hold new wine. Wait, in a moment it will be evident that I have sufficient evidence to support this claim. It seems that it's always and every day we call ourselves Christian ministers. But when we see miniscuts, we either lust after them or condemn. We see drunkards and begin ringing our religious bells. We see prostitutes and we begin saying, go, go to hell. Yes, yes, I believe that. Prostitution, masturbation, fornication, they're all sins. I couldn't agree more, but can we be ministers to each other? Can we hate the sin but love the sinner, rebuke the mess but speak the message, detest the test but be the testimony, correct in love instead of condemning hate? Because I believe in true Christianity and spirituality, judging hurts the judge more than the sinner. Why? Because Jesus has taken the veil of the convict's eyes. Mercy has taken its place on the stand and the convict is now acquitted from sin but convicted by the Holy Spirit. This is the essence of God's divine presence, purposeful love and lovely purpose. So next time, think twice, stop bugging and start loving, start hugging, because God Almighty's favor is not only for you to savor, but also for your needy neighbor. And a neighbor is not just someone who lives close to you. It is anyone in need in your vicinity, your friend, your parents, your children. So as life is a battle, and the mind is a battlefield. So am I, yours truly, Charles Arnold, mouthpiece, be blessed. <laughs>